In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The prayer by St. John Eudes to the Immaculate Heart. Hail Mary, daughter of God the Father. Hail Mary, mother of God the Son. Hail Mary, spouse of the Holy Spirit. Hail Mary, temple of the most blessed Trinity. Hail Mary, pure lily of the effulgent Trinity. Hail Mary, celestial rose of the ineffable love of God. Hail Mary, virgin, pure and humble, of whom the King of heaven willed to be born and with thy milk to be nourished. Hail Mary, virgin of virgins. Hail Mary, queen of martyrs, whose soul a sword transfixed. Hail Mary, lady most blessed, unto whom all power in heaven and earth is given. Hail Mary, my queen and my mother, my life, my sweetness, and my hope. Hail Mary, mother most amiable. Hail Mary, mother of divine love. Hail Mary, immaculate, conceived without sin. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Blessed be thy spouse, Saint Joseph. Blessed be thy father, Saint Joachim. Blessed be thy mother, Saint Anne. Blessed be thy guardian, Saint John. Blessed be thy holy angel, Saint Gabriel. Glory be to God the Father who chose thee. Glory be to God the Son who loved thee. Glory be to God the Holy Spirit who espoused thee. O glorious Virgin Mary, may all people love and praise thee. The prayer of consecration to the Blessed Virgin Mary by St. Anthony Mary Claret. O Virgin and Mother of God, I surrender myself to you as your child and in honor and glory of your purity. I offer you my soul and body, my mind and senses, and ask that you obtain me the grace to avoid all sin. Amen. Mother, behold your son. Mother, behold your son. Mother, behold your son. I have placed my trust in you, good mother, and I shall never be confounded. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. First of all, I'd like to review a little bit from last night. We did an introduction to our Blessed Mother through some images and symbols of our Blessed Mother, the sky, the sun. In St. John Eudes, in fact, found even more vindication on this point from St. Mactilda, our Lord spoke to her about the Immaculate Heart of Mary. And he said, amongst other things, I have given my mother's heart to you as a divine son to enlighten you through the darkness of the world, to warm you in the frosts of mortal life, to gladden and to comfort you in the sorrows, pains, and miseries of earth, and to vivify and strengthen you against the decline and weakness of human frailty. So we see that image of the sun is uh, present in that writing of St. Mactilda and in 
uh, that in the private revelation, as well as St. John Nudis' own reflections. We spoke about our Blessed Mother and the Ten Commandments, especially in the Holy Rosary, reminding us of the mysteries of our salvation, what was done by our Lord fulfilling the image of taking the chosen people of God of the Old Covenant out of Egypt, that place of slavery, promising the promised land. And so also we are taken from the place of slavery to sin, and we are on our own exodus journey to the promised land of heaven with our Lord Jesus Christ leading us on the way. Some years ago, for my grandparents' 50th wedding anniversary, my, one of my uncles put together a special slideshow. He put together all of these old family pictures. And my father's family was avid in, in these family videos as well. So seamlessly from these old pictures to the family videos digitized and and merged together with background music and it was a heavy dose of nostalgia and a beautiful kind of medley of the life of my grandparents' family. And it was a beautiful gift that my my Uncle Luke put it together for their 50th wedding anniversary. So they broadcast it, they put it out and played it for everybody at this big celebratory banquet. My mother was wondering, though, after having seen this 15-minute video of all these memories, if my grandmother ever returned to it. If she, We all got a DVD of it, a copy to, to look at sometime on her own. But if wondering then if my grandmother would have ever played it again or she had just really seen it on that occasion. And so she asked my grandmother if she ever took it out and watched it. And she said simply, I watch it every day. And this the reflection of a grandmother, of a mother over her whole life of a family. So I thought it was really very fitting that it was my Uncle Luke who did this collection of the family memories. For it was St. Luke who did this for our Blessed Mother. And like the 15-minute medley of family memories that my grandmother had, in the joyful mysteries of the rosary, we have the family memories of the Holy Family, put together by St. Luke, who was especially intent as a serious historian to find out what happened even from eyewitnesses, those who were there from the beginning. And so he would have either spoken directly to our Blessed Mother, which is most likely, or at least been talked with those who knew her to be able to relate the events in the joyful mysteries. So we get through the joyful mysteries, this window into the life and love of the Holy Family. This evening, I wanted to change the format a little bit just as much want to include the rosary as integral to the presentation, but even more so then, to begin the rosary in a moment, to read the account of the mystery of the rosary, and then to reflect on that mystery for then a fifth of the talk, 
and then to pray the decade together. So in that way, we'll intermix the sermon and the prayer together. So let us begin with the introduction prayers of the Holy Rosary. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. We invite our guardian angels and our patron saints and all the angels and saints of heaven to pray with us and for us in this holy rosary. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence you shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. For an increase in the virtues of faith, hope, and love. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell. Lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. The first joyful mystery, the Annunciation. Pray for the virtue of humility. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a town of Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man named Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And coming to her, he said, Hail, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at what was said and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of David his father, and he will rule over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. But Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I have no relations with a man? And the angel said to her in reply, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, 
and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month for her who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible for God. Mary said, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. As St. Luke introduces the first joyful mystery of the rosary, we hear first of St. Joseph. It is as St. Joseph is protecting Mary that we hear first of him. Let me sit down for a moment as we reflect on this. We'll pray the rosary in a few minutes to pray the decade together. We can reflect on this to make it especially a meditative rosary. St. Joseph has a special rule of protecting the Blessed Virgin Mary. One introduced to you uh, a uh, mystic of uh, Sister Mildred who was in Ohio. Her writings were approved by her spiritual director who conveniently became the Archbishop of Cincinnati who likewise then gave an ecclesiastical approval to her her diary. So uh, I would only give you something from an approved source. But it's remarkable too for the way in which St. Joseph is featured in this apparition. Overall, Sister Mildred had these visions of our Blessed Mother as Our Lady of America, the Immaculate Virgin. At times, St. Joseph appeared to her, and this is one time when he commented about his role. It is true, my daughter, that immediately after my conception, I was, through the future merits of Jesus, and because of my exceptional role of future virgin father, cleansed from the stain of original sin. I was from that moment confirmed in grace and never had the slightest stain on my soul. This is my unique privilege among men. My pure heart also was from the first moment of existence inflamed with love for God. Immediately at the moment when my soul was cleansed from original sin, grace was infused into it in such abundance that excluding my holy spouse, I surpassed the holiness of the highest angel in the angelic choir. My heart suffered with the hearts of Jesus and Mary. Mine was a silent suffering, for as my special vocation to hide and shield as long as God willed, the Virgin Mother and Son from the malice and hatred of men. The most painful of my sorrows was that I knew beforehand of their passion, yet would not be there to console them. The future suffering was ever present to me and became my daily cross. I became in union with my Holy Spouse, co-redemptor of the human race. Through compassion for the sufferings of Jesus and Mary, I cooperated as no other in the salvation of the world. So beautiful, powerful teaching. This is corroborated by some reflections and speculation of theologians. Father Basil Cole is a Dominican theologian who has so far speculated that just what is described here, that what was once 
thought of perhaps for Mary that she was first conceived with original sin and then immediately cleansed, what would actually be applicable not to our Blessed Mother, who never had the slightest stain of original sin, but to Saint Joseph. It's what my friends and I call a high Josephology, a really very strong understanding of Saint Joseph's special role. And we just get this hint of it in Saint Joseph's name being appearing first. Also in Mary's response to the angel, I have no relations with the man, yet being espoused to Joseph, it suggests a common understanding a vow that they both had to not consummate their marriage. So it's fitting that St. Joseph would be this virgin father, and it's fitting that in his role as father of the Holy Family that he would be the just man in the highest sense of the, of the word. In St. Matthew's Gospel, St. Joseph is described as the just man, and no one else in sacred scripture is directly said to be a just man, the first time it was used was, except for Noah. Noah was described as a just man, and there are parallels then between Noah, a just man in the midst of a corrupt generation who would be entrusted with a, a special mission for the salvation of the world in caring for the building of this ark, and Saint Joseph, who in the midst of also of corrupt generation would be so pure and holy and would be entrusted with this unique mission of protecting the Holy Family, the new ark of, of salvation, the beginning of, of the church. So we're, we don't have to hold that St. Joseph was in this way sanctified, but it is a pious and uh, approved belief. We can give assent to that, but it's not part of the doctrine of the church. It's something that is speculated about, and, and uh, it would be a, it's a splendid thing to suppose. And in a way, it's fitting for St. Joseph, as father of the Holy Family, had to be just. He couldn't have earned wages in a way that was dishonest, because then those wages, the food that he earned, would have been providing for the Holy Family and tainting them with that sin. So it was necessary for St. Joseph, as father of the Holy Family, to be without even venial sin in his dealings, in his relationships with others, in his, his uh, work in the world. So we'll try to develop that theme of, of St. Joseph as we go through the joyful mysteries. The angel comes to Mary and says, Hail, favored one. It's not as accurate adequate as what we hear in the, the Douay Reims version, full of grace. The Greek is an obscure word, and I don't know much Greek, the kekertomene, but basically it means one who has already always been gracified and continues to be in this time. So our Blessed Mother has known grace completely. It's not merely the immaculate conception in terms of a negation of sin not stained, immaculate, as it were, but a fullness of the work of grace, the work of the Holy Spirit from the first moment of her conception. This fulfills a prophecy in the book of Genesis, for we are told, the serpent was told in his the curse upon the serpent, that 
God says, I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. When we sin, we are joining with the devil in his rebellion against God. Jesus, well, first St. John the Baptist called Pharisees brood of vipers, and Jesus called them as imitating their father, who was the devil. Because sonship is likeness to the father. So when we imitate the devil in sin, we are as like him, as if sons of the devil. So it was necessary for this enmity to be entirely present for our Blessed Mother not to have had even the slightest stain of sin, original sin or actual sin, not the slightest fault. At no point in her life was our Blessed Mother under the dominion of Satan, for it was what God provided in his plan for our redemption. It wasn't that it had to be, but that God chose it to be. Though, since nothing impure can come before the face of God in heaven, there is a necessity that the vessel of God himself on earth would be most pure and holy, because otherwise our Blessed Mother could not endure to have in, within her womb one who is the Holy of Holies, the Holy One of God, the Most Holy, and yet have any unholiness in her. It would have torn her apart to have that. And so our Blessed Mother is most pure, and in the, our tradition, for accordingly, the vessels that we use for Holy Mass are especially pure vessels. They're to be lined with the precious metal, with gold or silver, and it reminds us of our Blessed Mother, who was the first ciborium, the first picks that held our Lord himself with, within her. So for that reason, we have the, at least the coating the, the, of, of gold on the, the sacred vessels, looking to how the most holy, the most uh, precious is given to our Lord in the Incarnation. The Lord is with you. This we hear again and again in the, the book of Judges. The Lord is with you when the judge is being assured of a victory against the Philistines, the Amorites, so the different enemies of our Lord who were uh, dominating them. So this is a special way in which the Lord is with the Blessed Virgin Mary for this battle against Satan that is enslaving man. The Lord is with you also when King David wanted to build the temple. Recall he said that how is it that the Lord of heaven is dwelling in a tent and I have this, this mansion that he, so he, he wanted to have done to build this temple. And see if I can find it, Second Samuel 7. He said to Nathan the prophet, Here I am living in a house of cedar, while the ark of God dwells in a tent. Nathan answered the king, Go, do whatever you have in mind, for the Lord is with you. So it is this plan to have a place for the dwelling of God. The Lord is with you. But that night the Lord spoke to Nathan and said, Go, tell my servant David, 
Thus says the Lord, should you build me a house to dwell in? I have not dwelt in a house from the day on which I led the Israelites out of Egypt to the present, but I have been going about in a tent under cloth. In all my wanderings everywhere among the Israelites, did I ever utter a word to any one of the judges whom I charged to tend to my people Israel to ask, why have you not built me a house of cedar? So it wasn't for David even to build the to, to build the temple, but for for Solomon. But David prepares as much of the materials as he can. But ultimately, the dwelling place for our Lord is in this descendant in the line of of, of David, the Blessed Virgin Mary. In her immaculate virginal womb would be this dwelling place for the Lord. And in fact, in one place in the prophecy, God says, this is the one whom I approve, the lowly and the afflicted man who trembles at my word. And our Blessed Mother, in hearing this greeting, says, is greatly troubled, as it were, trembling at the, at the word. The lowly and afflicted one trembles at the word, the one whom the Lord has proves. Behold, do not be afraid, Mary, you have found favor with God. The Lord approves you. And Mary has found grace with God. Mary con- will conceive in her womb and bear a son. You shall name him Jesus. Already our Blessed Mother can see clearly, for Mary is the Immaculate Conception, whereas sin darkens the intellect and weakens the will, our Blessed Mother has the greatest brightness of intellect and sheer force of, of will to see clearly and to choose completely, so that her yes means yes. And so already, implicitly, when Mary gives her fiat to the the plan of God to her vocation to be the mother of God, she is accepting this role of mother of all redeemed mankind. And since he will be given the throne of David, his father, that our blessed mother already knows what that would entail for her to be queen. Though saints point out that this is also why Mary is trembling, for she can see so clearly where this will lead and what suffering will will be involved with this. It is necessary for that fiat of our Blessed Mother to be most pure and clear, whereas the prophet can say, I think it was Jeremiah, you dupe me, O Lord, and I let myself be duped. Our Blessed Mother doesn't say that. She sees clearly what she is undertaking and accepts that vocation from God. I mentioned before about how the sins that we commit are joining us with Satan, rebelling against God. They also then are crucifying our Lord. As you read in the Confession Objections brochure, say about how even the smallest venial sin is like the hammer on the nail nailing Jesus to the cross. But on the other side, even all of our good acts, everything that we do that is cooperating with God's plan is agreeing with 
our Blessed Mother and her ascent to God and his plan for our salvation. The angel says to Mary, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Again, we could go back to the book of Genesis where at the beginning of creation, the Holy Spirit hovers over the face of the waters for the the beginning of creation and in the new creation, beginning with our Lord Jesus Christ incarnate in the womb of Mary, we have the Holy Spirit hovering over her womb. So Mary gives her fiat with pure and perfect humility, trust, obedience, and we pray for that virtue in our own lives and hearts, for our own openness to God. Mary can see it clearly because she has chosen to obey God already. So also when we repent of our sins, go to confession, and strive for obeying God in the duties of our state in life and in following the commandments and precepts of the church, then we're more attentive to where the Holy Spirit is leading us and can recognize what God's will is for, for us. So let's pray this decade of the rosary. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus.
Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. O my God, I believe, I adore, I trust, and I love thee, and I beg pardon for those who do not believe, who do not adore, who do not trust, and who do not love thee. The second joyful mystery, the visitation. During those days, Mary set out and traveled to the hill country in haste to a town of Judah, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the infant leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth, filled with the Holy Spirit, cried out in a loud voice and said, Most blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And how does this happen to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For at the moment the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the infant in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed are you who believed that what was spoken to you by the Lord would be fulfilled. And Mary said, My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has looked upon his handmaid's lowliness. Behold, from now on, all ages will call me blessed. The Almighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is from age to age to those who fear him. He has shown his might with his arm, dispersed the arrogant of mind and heart. He has thrown down the rulers from their thrones, but lifted up the lowly. The hungry he has filled with good things, the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped Israel, his servant, remembering his mercy, according to his promise to our fathers, to Abraham and his descendants forever. Mary remained with her about three months and then returned to her home. At the Annunciation, our Blessed Mother wasn't given a command to go and visit her, her cousin Elizabeth. Our Blessed Mother inferred this fittingness. Some would note that in a way Elizabeth serves as our Blessed Mother's spiritual director, and she goes with this experience to report this to Elizabeth. Some speculate that Elizabeth herself in having this knowledge of what was going on within our Blessed Mother was herself visited by an angel, by the angel Gabriel, to let her know. Though it's also possible in the text here that Elizabeth was enlightened by the Holy Spirit just at that moment to realize that this was not merely her cousin but the mother of her Lord. Recently, I saw something curious that was on uh, the computer, on uh, on Twitter, a strange source to find uh, a uh, a reference for uh, for this for this talk. But this uh, mother was reporting on this experience that she had. She said, "Went to mass, and after receiving Jesus, my baby leapt in my womb and was kicking like crazy." She already knows who he is. And then someone commenting on this was saying, my little one moved inside today too, just after I received Jesus. It's like they know. 
Not every mother is given such a a blessing, but it's a neat uh, grace to be given that is so close to what Elizabeth experienced in the presence of the Blessed Virgin Mary and and the child Jesus in the Virgin Mother's womb to have that that overflow of, of, of grace. So Elizabeth recognizes this, and some would even see the visitation as a special preparation time for St. John the Baptist, that he would spend his earliest moments with our Lord himself. And there's a tradition that St. John the Baptist himself was given the use of reason in the womb, that this leaping in the womb was not just the joy, but was a cleansing from original sin, a special grace and work of the Holy Spirit, and allowing him to, to exercise his, his mind ahead of time and to cherish that time close to his Lord, whom he would one day point out at the beginning of Jesus' public ministry. I would like to, to spend some time on the Magnificat of the Blessed Virgin Mary. It will just take a few hours to talk about the beginning of it. But it really is, I was blessed to have a whole course on the Magnificat and a study of it, and yet even other professors besides the one who taught that course had still other insights. It's packed with meaning. There's a reason that the Church puts it in the sacred liturgy, in evening prayer, in vespers, Every priest and deacon and religious would pray every evening, we have the Magnificat. And it's been such since at least the time of St. Benedict in the 5th century, and probably still before that. It's been part of the liturgy of the Church. It is this hymn of our Blessed Mother that is echoed through the ages. My brother was just calling me when I was on my way here to, uh, to Lewistown, and my brother Jacob is a seminarian at Theological College, and he's undertaking the study of Hebrew. And he said his Hebrew professor noted that something curious about the Magnificat, that in the Greek it has a kind of Hebrew word order, that it would translate easily back to Hebrew, and that in that Hebrew it would be especially easy to memorize. And so fitting that our Blessed Mother, who was specially prepared for her vocation by being presented in the temple, is likely that she would have had experience in chanting the Psalms in Hebrew, would have exclaimed by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit this canticle originally in that, in that sacred language. And so that our Blessed Mother would have proclaimed this, even sung it, at that moment of the Annunciation, but memorized it and reflected on it again and again and passed it on to the early Christian community. There are some manuscripts of the ancient uh, gospel manuscripts that reference Elizabeth as speaking the Magnificat. Blessed Anne Catherine Emmerich, in her visions of the scene, explained the discrepancy. She said that our Blessed Mother exclaimed this canticle, and then Elizabeth repeated it. 
because already it was recognized from the first moment that this was this pure expression of praise that could be for, for any of us to pray and is part of, as I said, the liturgical tradition of the church. But it's especially our Blessed Mother who's praying it that uh, has such power. St. Lawrence of Brindisi would say that when we're praying the Magnificat, we're using the most powerful tools to praise God. For there's no better human praise of God after our Lord himself, and our incarnate Lord, than our Blessed Mother. And even the prayer of the Magnificat, rejoicing in God her Savior, is as if our Lord is praying in her and through her. So it's not only Mary, but St. John Judas especially reflects on this, that her soul is, as it were, our Lord himself, who is praying and praising God in her and through her. It is noted that the name of Jesus doesn't occur in the Magnificat. And it's the wonder why it was so, but it's hinted at. For the name Jesus means God saves, and Mary rejoices in God, my Savior. And so we have just the hint of a name. It seems that the Hebrew people had a custom to not mention the name to others of the baby before the baby was born and before the circumcision. So that there was just this hint about the name of our Lord. Actually had a final exam question on the Magnificat in my Mariology class. And the question was, is this a hymn for the birth of our Lord, for his incarnation, or for a celebration of his resurrection, of the whole Paschal mystery, the passion, death, and resurrection of our Lord? And it was a trick question because the answer is both. It is so purely a celebration in Mary's faith that Mary is anticipating effects of the Incarnation that haven't historically happened yet at the time. No one on the outside of things at the time would have noticed any of the mighty having been cast from their thrones or any of the lowly exalted. But so pure and perfect is our Blessed Mother's faith that she speaks of it even in the past tense, in this prophetic past tense, that this is so sure to happen that he can speak of it as already having happened. So our Blessed Mother's faith is expressed therein. In the purity of her soul and spirit, we are praising God. And we can see Mary's response that immediately she goes from the praise that Elizabeth gives to her to refer that to God. All generations shall call me blessed. Not that she has this of herself, but that God has blessed her. It is said that our Blessed Mother is most humble because of all human creatures, she knows that she owes the most to God. That God has blessed her in a surpassing way. And so she doesn't give the credit to herself, but gives all glory to God. The Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. Mary says, all generations will call me blessed. This is a hint 
that our Blessed Mother is already called blessed in the time when St. Luke is writing. It would have been easy for him to leave out a verse or some words that didn't seem to have fulfillment. So when he writes this, already a conscientious historian, but he writes every word of it for it's already true in the earliest ages, in the apostolic era of the history of the church, and all ages have called our Blessed Mother indeed blessed. But Mary's sentiment of her Immaculate Heart expands beyond that, and looking at then at what all will happen through the work of our Lord and his incarnation and his passion, death, and resurrection, ultimately some of these things aren't really fulfilled until Judgment Day, when everything is finally set right and the wicked are definitively cast from their thrones and the lowly are lifted up and rewarded for all of eternity. So our Blessed Mother's faith spans the centuries and millennia to see how God is at work. St. Luke would say, would record our Lord's words, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So the Magnificat is out of the abundance of Mary's pure and immaculate heart that she is speaking. So these words are the window into her soul and they're so beautiful to contemplate. St. John Eudes marvels at this, that we poor sinners could speak of such sublime mysteries by using these words, by praying these words. St. John Paul II would recommend praying the Magnificat after we receive our Lord in Holy Communion, for it is such a hymn of thanksgiving. And in that moment, we are most like our Blessed Mother for having our Lord himself within us, like he was there in her womb. So there's so many riches in this prayer, in this canticle of our Blessed Mother. And we see the charity, the love that our Blessed Mother has for her neighbor that is manifest in her loving service to visit her cousin Elizabeth. So reflecting on this mystery, let us pray that decade of the rosary. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus.
Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. O my God, I believe, I adore, I trust, and I love thee, and I beg pardon for those who do not believe, who do not adore, who do not trust, and who do not love thee. The third joyful mystery, the birth of our Lord. And Joseph, too, went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judah, to Judea, to the city of David that is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family of David, to be enrolled with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. While they were there, the time came for her to have her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Our Blessed Mother is both virgin and mother. She's virginal in her conception, and that gives witness to the divinity of our Lord Jesus Christ. But also in giving birth to our Lord, Mary is ever virgin. Like how our Lord would pass through the locked door of the upper room or through the sealed tomb in his resurrection, our Lord is thought to have passed through our Blessed Mother in the manner that birth may have occurred if the fall had not happened. Our Blessed Mother, the Immaculate Conception, is then exempted from the curse that Eve received of the multiplying of pangs in childbirth. Mary is not having any original sin or its effects, and so she's exempted from that. There are some hints about that within the, the text. St. Luke himself is the physician, and he's quite attentive to medical details. In his gospel in general, he uses more precise medical terminology according to the best texts in medicine of, of his time. So he's well aware of the uh, condition of a mother right after birth. Mothers, tell me that it's not so easy right after giving birth 
to take care of wrapping a child and taking him over to, to a bed. That this it's in itself, the serenity of this, suggests this special sign of the virginal birth of our Lord. That Mary is, without any pangs, able to attend to the, the child Jesus. There is one ancient text that would have explained where where St. Joseph went at the time. St. Joseph wasn't present at the conception, and so fittingly he wasn't present at the actual moment of the birth of our Lord. That was a sublime mystery of, of light and peace that no one else was there to, to witness. But by one ancient account, he went to get the midwives, and what was a a kind of, uh, well, they're lying to Pharaoh in the Old Testament when the Hebrew, when the midwife said, these Hebrew women are so robust, they give birth before we can get there. They would say that this was literally fulfilled for our Blessed Mother, that, that our Blessed Mother gave birth before anyone else could get there to attend to her. She didn't need that, uh, that assistance at the birth of our Lord. Also, and this is in my book, there are two ancient texts, the Ascension of Isaiah is one of them, the Odes of Solomon is the other, that were written and proven now to have been written within the first century, and they're also marveling at the virginal conception and virginal birth of our Lord. So it is clear that the ancient church held to this teaching. And even through to the Second Vatican Council, it speaks of it more delicately, but it says that the birth of our Lord did not damage the virginal integrity of our Blessed Mother, but sanctified it. So it's important to, to maintain this and to acknowledge this is a doctrine of the Church because some uh, impiously challenge it in our times. with great joy at the birth of our Lord, and we pray for that joy and peace in our hearts. There's so much in this mystery, but we're running out of time, so we'll reflect together, pray for that joy and peace in our hearts. Oh, I wanted to speak. In my hall, in my seminary, we had some decorations up for Christmas, and one of my brother seminarians wanted to leave up the nativity scene in our hall lounge for the whole year, because he loved the mystery of Christmas. As it happened, the seminary liturgist was on our corridor, and he said, you have to put that away in time for the, the baptism of our Lord. Then it's over. So, so he piously took it from the hall lounge and put it on the shelf in his room, and he kept the nativity scene up all year round, because he loved the mystery of Christmas. And we, too, can uh, make it last all year because we pray this mystery and the joyful mysteries of the rosary. We can return to that joy and peace of Christmas in praying and meditating on this mystery. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven.
Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell. Lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. O my God, I believe, I adore, I trust, and I love thee. And I beg pardon for those who do not believe, who do not adore, who do not trust, and who do not love thee. The fourth joyful mystery, the presentation in the temple. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, awaiting the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he should not see death before he had seen the Messiah of the Lord. He came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to perform the custom of the law in regard to him, he took him into his arms and blessed God, saying, Now, Master, you may let your servant go in peace, according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you prepared in the sight of all the peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and glory for your people Israel. The child's father and mother were amazed at what was said about him, and Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rise of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be contradicted. And you yourself a sword will pierce, 
so that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Simeon is there by the Holy Spirit. He's where he needs to be that so he would encounter our Lord. I love this mystery, thinking of, of Simeon holding the baby Jesus and think of the, the priest getting to hold in his consecrated hands the host at the elevation in the Holy Mass, lifting up the child Jesus, lifting up our Lord and gazing upon him with joy. I hope to provide some further materials as well for, for this on the flame of love of the Immaculate Heart of Mary. It's a special devotion from Elizabeth Kindleman, one that was approved by the Cardinal Archbishop of Hungary and by the uh, Archbishop of Philadelphia. But I don't have time to get into that now. But this theme of the light of revelation to the Gentiles, this hope of that light going to all nations and the fullness of the proclamation of the gospel to all of mankind is something that is the joy of this mystery. Even though, in, in a way, it has such sorrow, the prophecy of the passion as the kind of second annunciation, and it makes more vivid to our Blessed Mother the sorrow that is to come for her and for her son. It is a special sorrow for St. Joseph because in Simeon speaking this to our Blessed Mother directly, it's clear to him that he will not be there to console them. There will be nothing that he can do to prevent this. And so this is a sorrow that uh, St. Joseph is aware of and sharing with our Blessed Mother, but uh, all the more poignant for him in that he won't be able to prevent this prophecy from being fulfilled. Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, is an intriguing figure, and I think she anticipates so many of the holy women throughout the ages of Christianity, those faithful, devout women who uphold every parish by their prayers and attendance at Holy Mass. So between Simeon and Anna, the, the uh, great example of prayer and hope that we, we see in them and she speaks about the child to all who are awaiting the redemption of Jerusalem. And it's also for us to look for those opportunities to speak about our Lord. In the Legion of Mary in my diocese, there is one old lady who would just sit in the laundromat of her apartment building and would give out miraculous medals and rosaries and talk to people about Jesus. I think of her as someone like Anna who was looking for ways to talk about our Lord, to evangelize in whatever opportunity that she could find. And so also we could do likewise, confident that we are bringing to these people true light that is for the good of their souls. So let's pray this mystery and pray for that virtue of obedience to God's will. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. 
Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. O my God, I believe, I adore, I trust, and I love thee. And I beg pardon for those who do not believe, who do not adore, who do not trust, and who do not love thee. Fifth joyful mystery, the finding of the boy Jesus in the temple. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were astounded at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished, and his mother said to him, Son, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been looking for you with great anxiety. And he said to them, Why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he said to them. He went down with them and came to Nazareth and was obedient to them. And his mother kept all these things in her heart. The three days of the loss of the child Jesus prepares the heart of our blessed mother for the three days from the death of our Lord until his resurrection. And in a way, this scene is St. Luke's way of hinting that it was truly our blessed mother who first encounters our Lord at the resurrection in a kind of coded language. It wasn't as necessary or as helpful to say that the Blessed Virgin Mary, the mother of our Lord, believed in the resurrection 
because the people would dismiss her testimony. So it was opportune for St. Luke to cleverly depict this true historical incident, but also to then hint that it was there that our Blessed Mother was in fact uh, encountering our Lord after those three days of sorrow. I will go into this, but I will save it for tomorrow, the particular nature of this sorrow that we can see from how our Blessed Mother speaks and what this means for life of, in the spiritual life, the times of desolation. But we'll talk about that tomorrow evening, joined with our reflections on the sorrowful mysteries. So let us pray for that gift of wisdom that our Lord is imparting in this, in this mystery, that gift of joy in finding our Lord. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell. Lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. O my God, I believe, I adore, I trust, and I love thee. And I beg pardon for those who do not believe, who do not adore, who do not trust, and who do not love thee. Hail, Holy Queen, 
Mother of mercy, hail our life, our sweetness, and our hope. To thee do we cry, poor banished children of Eve. To thee do we send up our sighs, mourning and weeping in this valley of tears. Turn then, most gracious advocate, thine eyes of mercy towards us. And after this, our exile, show unto us the blessed fruit of thy womb, Jesus. O clement, O loving, O sweet Virgin Mary, pray for us, O Holy Mother of God, that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. Let us pray. O God, whose only begotten Son, by his life, death, and resurrection, has purchased for us the rewards of eternal life, grant we beseech thee that by meditating upon these mysteries of the most holy rosary of the Blessed Virgin Mary, we may imitate what they contain and obtain what they promise through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Through Mary, the Immaculate Conception, patroness of the United States, may Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I'll be available immediately and now in the confessional for those who'd like to go to confession. And do take note, we have these holy cards of the Immaculate Conception that are on, on the table in the back. So you might pray through Mary, the Immaculate Conception, patroness of the United States, and place all of your petitions before God in the hands of Mary, especially as the Immaculate Conception, the patroness of the United States. <laughs> 